0: yard should be just a nice comfortable nine iron for him. They're gonna go nuts when he hits this thing. Yo, yo! Welcome in, golf fans, to another episode of the Preferred Lines Golf Podcast. My name is Joe Idoni at Tour Picks on Twitter. Uh, Here to be your host for the show. Glad to have you. Listen, last week was probably my favorite and like my most popular show of all time. I like am deeply gracious and appreciative of those who checked out the show and shared it with a friend. So. Thank you so much. If you're new to the show, happy to have you along. Make sure to give it a like, a subscribe, maybe share it with a friend. All of those things help me out a ton. As you will see, Um, essentially, you know, an ad-free show here with the exception of my one guys. Obviously, Chad, Jish, Eric. I talk about them every week at Fantasy Golf Pod. Check out their amazing content. Um, They had an awesome Masters preview show last week with BK on there. Um, I found it a ton of fun. It's refreshing content. It's not always so serious. My boy Chad is absolutely cleaning up in the DFS streets. You love to see it at Fantasy Golf Pod. Proud supporter of the show. Um, Okay, so we had an eventful Masters Sunday. Um, Maybe the biggest sweat of my life. We'll get into it soon. John Rahm is a worthy and champion, a superhuman, the best player in the world that we have right now. Ended up coming out on top of the 2023 Masters and it was a week we won't soon forget. Um, that said, we're right back. Elevated event down the road in Hilton Head, Town Golf Links. Um, the RBC Heritage is always one of everyone's favorite events of the year. This year, we have an absolutely stacked field on hand. And here to help me out through the rest of the show, I played golf with them this past weekend over at Palm Beach National. A little two-man scramble. Got to know them a little bit. We had a ton of fun. I said, why don't you come on Preferred Lines? Welcome in, Matt Gannon. What up, dude?
1: Finally, we've been trying to get get together, do content, play some golf for a while now. Glad it finally worked out. Glad you're having me on for this show after what you just went through this past weekend. So thanks to be happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, you guys, Joanne, uh, Ted, Fran. Thank you guys for checking it out. I'm glad some of you were able to hit Rom last week, um, Matt. Give me your overall thoughts just on how the Masters closed down on Sunday. We had like 27 holes to play. We had a ton of action throughout the day. It was long. It was strenuous. It was extra long, uh, depending on who you played behind yesterday. Uh, but what did you make all, all in all?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun Masters. I never complain. It wasn't the Jordan Spieth crazy hole 12 that we wanted, that we always, we always want to see hecticness. But it was always a fun Masters. Can't complain. I know you tweeted that you – were I guess not happy, but happy that Brooks kind of lost the lead earlier than he did later on the back nine. So I wish there was a little bit more drama, but overall, solid Masters. John Rom, I'm not a John Rom hater. I know there's a lot of John Roms haters out there. Glad to see him finally get that massive, massive win. So it was overall good. I know it was a little bit different feelings for you, but fun Masters.
0: Yeah. So I had, um, for those who didn't see it, I had I had a pretty substantially huge Brooks ticket, and probably met. The best bet of my life. Listen, like you, the result is one thing, but it was a good bet. And I'll always go down to that. He could have missed the cut this week and I would still be as adamant that that was a good bet (laughs) at 99 to one. I've had a couple of close calls. I was talking before the show, like I had a very similar situation at the last major with the open championship because Cam Smith was my, my top bet, my lowest on the odds board guy for the week. And I had triple digits on Cameron young. So it was a similar sweat coming down the stretch where I'm rooting for the hundred to one guy pretty heavily. (laughs) Um, But you know, I can't feel upset at the end of the day. Rom was patient. Rom was planned. Rom was perfect. Um, Everything he did was spot on, which is what you would expect out of an elite competitor. He, was someone that Brooks never even really tried to intimidate because he couldn't. He couldn't have that type of effect on him. Uh, he was everything was was just diabolical. He was so focused, so locked in. Um, I was impressed with not only the game but the mental fortitude it took to to come back from the lead. And then once he got it, he just did not let off the gas and give anyone really any room to breathe after that.
1: Yeah, 100%. And there's not, you can probably make a list of one of guys that wouldn't be intimidated in that situation. Cause Brooks, for the first, I guess, like 60 holes, he looked like the Brooks that we've seen the last five years. And he, we, where has that been? It came out this past week. And John Rahm is probably the only guy who was like, I'm not backing down. Cause even Rory, like we've seen him try to t- close t- tournaments. He would have looked a little shaky. John Rom didn't look shaky at all. Scotty Scheffler on his back nines in the last, Year and a half, sometimes looked a little shaky. So yeah, John Rum, a deserving champion. I am again happy to see him win.
0: Best masters we've seen since 2019. Obviously, the tiger year. I wish Brooks could have made a little bit more of a of a push late. He went so long without a birdie. Um, just didn't have his best stuff. I was still walk away from that event. <laughs> Um, impressed with him. I still walk away from that event excited for the next three majors. Um, he's getting through on the knee great. He's swinging hard. His irons look great. He had, I believe, the best or second best approach week of anyone in the One, field. Yeah. and Substantially, and, too. Yeah, and, and the putter just kind of – It didn't abandon him, but he stopped really making the crucial six-footers and and just couldn't make birdie down the stretch. But all in all, an extremely positive week for him. I don't envision a scenario in the next, I don't know, four to five years where he creeps up to triple digits again and we ever see a number like that happen again. So it feels like that opportunity is gone and wasn't able to cash in on it, but still fun. Look, they had this stat earlier in the week that, like, Going back to 2017, which isn't that long ago, which is the last six years, um, Brooks now has led or co-led at the end of, I believe, 17 rounds in major championships over the last six years. He's been the leader after 17 rounds. The next best guy on that list is eight, I believe. Amazing sickening, disgusting, filthy stuff out of Brooks Kepka. I think over the last six years, he's been the best player that, that we've seen, you know, in, in the era since I started covering golf content. He's that dude. And he, he admits it himself.
1: He gets up for these majors and he said, if I'm healthy, I'm going to compete. I'm going to contend. And we've got three more this year. As long as he stays healthy, knock on wood that he doesn't get hurt or anything he should be there there's no reason for him not to be there and hand up i was wrong about brooks i was wrong about the live guys i gave them i said live guys have a negative chance to win obviously they didn't win but they more than contended so i was wrong and i'll admit that i'll be the first to admit that it was just crazy to say i really gave them no chance at all and there they were back then on sunday more live guys in the top five than PJ tour guys so just a crazy sport that we cover
0: yeah, probably, no doubt. Dude, so probably wrong. the most impressive, I think, performance. Um, even more so impressive than Ron. I mean, Ron was one of the three favorites coming in, but right. walked away from that week extremely impressed with Brooks. Extremely disappointed, on the other hand, in what we got out of Rory McElroy. Um, All the preparation, speaking of having a plan, speaking of just having to go out there and execute, speaking of catching the good weather wave, um, everything went his way until the very first hole when he actually had to play the Masters. What's going on with this dude?
1: Look, it's it's all... I think he admitted it too. It's mental because we see Rory play every single week. He looks like the best golfer week in, week out. Not always, but like sometimes looks like the best. And I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong again too. I was so high on Rory this week. I was like, if there's a week that he's got the soft conditions, that reminds me of congressional. It's the Rory McIlroy. he got the the weather wave. It's just everything that was going on. I played 81 holes to practice. It's just like, and then he see him come out, drive it left, bogeys one. And it's just a mess from there. Misses the cut horrifically. I thought that if there was going to be a masters that Rory would win, it would be this last one. Just because the narrative wasn't crazy around him like it's been the last few years, it was a little bit off of him, but I don't know, next year we'll give him we'll be like he's got no chance, and he'll go out and win. So, it's just so stupid. I I bet Rory, he was one of my only bets last week and it just went south yeah. and went south quick.
0: It has to be some sort of a mental block. It has oh, 100%, to be. It's, 100%. It's 100% not skill related and to me it's about clarity maybe it's like everything is so foggy when it comes to a major championship for him. And when the expectations are extremely high, I remember when they had the open championship, like in his backyard where he grew up and that was a huge letdown. And I just, all the other incendiary things, you know, the, the stuff of carrying the sort of torch for the PGA tour, the, the making comments, you know off-collar comments many times about these live guys right and then having to show up with them this week and very drastically sort of change tune on there's no animosity there's no beef we're all just here to get along it's great to see them well that's not what you said six months ago you know what i'm saying so he took a very drastic turn there I, i i'm just wondering that um and such a uh, the ability with Brooks and Rom and guys that just had a singular focus on the task at hand. I think there was just so much stuff going on outside for Rory that it, it just made it a very tough week for him to have any success. And it's kind of sucked to see. Definitely
1: a tough, tough week, tough week for Rory because everyone loved them the last few months over the summer. And now he's, and then on top of the withdrawal, like it just doesn't yeah. look great for Rory after all those comments you said. And I don't know, he'll bounce back soon. We know he will, but it's just a tough scene to be Roy McIlroy right now.
0: Tiger Woods, what are your expectations in the next? All right, let's call it the next seven majors. So the rest of this year and next year. What's the best finish do you think he gets out of that?
1: Well, he's not gonna he's not gonna play in all the majors. I don't think so at all.
0: You think he's out? You think is,
1: no? I I think he'll play in some, but I don't think he's gonna play in all seven. Like, does he play? this does, does he play the PGA?
0: I think so. Um, it's weird to me, and some of these withdrawals and the injuries are weird because we don't know a lot, um, and Tiger doesn't let us in for a lot. You know, Jason Day revealed some things that were shocking about yeah. having a pin pierced through his skin and his leg of the pga we had no idea that That right now it appears like it's still more so the plantar fasciitis in the heel than it is the leg anymore but i don't know what i do know is that he's practicing a ton he's preparing a ton he's he's got everyone on board to make a run at these major championships um, surrounding his life, from his caddy to the people that prepare his food, the people that work on his body. Everyone is, is honed in on getting Tiger Woods ready. He's there as well. It just hasn't – like, I worry if he can make it 72 holes, and it's always yeah. seeming to be something.
1: And I feel like the last few majors, I mean, weather-wise, didn't really – wasn't the best. He looked fine up until, what, Saturday m- or Sunday morning, whenever that was, when he just well, – the weather was coming down and – he, you saw the video. He objectively couldn't even walk. So, but yeah. golf wise, on like uh, thir- Thursday, Friday, he looked okay. Right in the cut line, looked better than damn Justin Thomas. So, um, I don't know. It's just the weather. He couldn't even walk once it once it got bad. Which I mean, it checks out. You, you can't. He's not going to survive in that type of weather. So, I don't know. Going forward, I hope the weather is good so so he can play. But I think, I think that's going to be the only thing because he's not going to win. But it's always good to see him out there.
0: Yeah, um, if I were to put a number of the best finish over the next seven events, Mm. I'll say 21st. I'll go 21st. I was going to say 16th. I think he can squeak a top 20 in there somewhere. Maybe the Masters next year, maybe an Open Championship are probably the most likely candidates. Um, We'll see. But speaking of injuries, uh, we got the news today that Will Zalatoris has now shut it down for the rest of the season. Um, Some discrepancies in what we heard out of Will this week and what, yeah. That was kind of behind the scenes and what he was telling us to our face. And he uh, there, I talked to people who were at the practice round and he looked great. And people, the discord said he was flushing it and everybody plays Alatoris. And then we get the the withdrawal on Thursday. And uh, unfortunately for Will, it's it's become a little bit of a recurring thing for him. And it started, you know, Hideki and Jason Day, and th- these other guys that get this moniker for withdrawing. Um, they aren't doing it in major championships. They aren't doing it in a FedEx cup playoffs and, and will is, and I worry, um, about his longevity with back problems this soon. Um, uh, I don't know the severity of it, but I probably shouldn't even say this, but to me, if you can practice, you can play and like, look at what these other competitors are going through. Look at what Brooks Kepka went through two years ago. Um, There was he had no business playing in that Masters. He was five weeks out of major knee surgery and went around and limped it around and missed the cut and took it on the chin. Right. Look at what Tiger Woods tried to has tried to gut himself through. And these other competitors, I, I, I hate to question someone's toughness, but the other side of me is like, man, you, you played full practice rounds all week what happened like is yeah. it is it a confidence thing that is making this injury worse for you and that's kind of what i believe it might be and it's do you are you worried you can't go out there and live up to the expectations that you have set for yourself at the masters and allowing an injury to further exasperate that
1: i feel like there's got to be more to it because he, he he said in his interviews i listen i watch every single or read every single interview he said yeah. This week, I'm 100%, even after that sickness at the match play. From that, I'm 100%. From my injury, I'm, I'm 100%. That's what he said. So I don't know why he would say that and then withdraw and then immediately get a surgery. Did he re-injure himself in a practice round? I don't know. We're going to have to hear something from him over the next few weeks, I hope. But he didn't really seem to say that in his, I guess, quote he put out. But I don't know. He's my favorite golfer like of my lifetime. Truly, he's my favorite golfer. I have that poster of him right here. Yeah. And it sucks to see because – He's my favorite golfer, and I just hope he gets good, but he clearly hasn't been right. He had that one fourth place finish at the Genesis, but even the stats, he had that one good stat week. Everything else is not Wills Alturas. We know how how much he gains with his irons. He's not been doing any of that, and it's been tough to see, tough to follow, because I want to see him out there. We know he changed his swing because of the back prop. He had to, so... It's going to take time. It's going to be a long run, but I believe in my guy. I believe his game is going to travel. His game is going to play after his injury. So I just hope he gets good soon.
0: Yeah, my boy Dan is, is pretty shocked he was able to have surgery on Saturday. What's up, Dan? You see, I got – so Dan, uh, shout out Dan, who went to the Masters and was kind enough to send me this hat. Uh, you got it already. type of supporter on the show we love. Showed up on Monday morning, dude. Wow. Uh What a man. I hope you enjoyed your week there, Dan. Um, But yeah, so I guess closing out the Masters, like overall thoughts on overall thoughts on where do you stand on live? Like, are you are you impressed with these guys? Are you relinquishing any sort of previous feelings that you had toward their preparedness? And are you ready to just like except moving forward that this is what we have and we're going to be lucky to see these guys four times a year. And and how does this change how you assess them in major championships moving forward?
1: It's definitely a really good question because I, I never was out on any of the live guys. I never hated live, but my thing was they're only, they're not playing any competitive golf or at least so little competitive golf compared to everyone else. How is that going to translate to the majors? And we just saw it firsthand they can still play. I know that was kind of the first major where it's been like, I guess a year from live. So interesting to see how that will pan out these, these next four majors. But I feel like, I mean, next three majors, I feel like everyone's going to be super high on them. Going to be betting a lot of live guys, but I still would probably give the benefit of the doubt to everyone else. Just in, in in, in competing in the next few majors. I feel like competition is a real thing. Maybe it was just like a spike week for a few of them. I might sound crazy, but I'm still out on them winning a major this year.
0: No, I don't think you sound crazy. Um, I think, I guess my only argument would be, I actually do think it's not like exhibition golf. I think there's a level of competit- competitiveness there. From what I've seen, it, it may not be to the level of a PGA Tour, but it may not have to be either, right? It's about preparing for those four weeks. You look at someone like Tiger Woods and, uh, someone with the mentality of a Brooks Kepka that these are the four weeks that matter anyways, it actually in a sense gives them more time to focus on preparation for these events and making sure that they're gearing up to peak for these particular spots on the schedule. Um, like Jordan Spieth mentioned this a little bit, like yeah, I'm I playing too much. I, I can't figure out when to peak now because we've done eight out of 10 weeks in a row. And I think some of that could be a little bit of a, a relief for some of the live guys. Um, I kind of put them where I had them before. I think that I desperately hope that the official world golf ranking system finds a way to adequately provide them with world golf ranking points. We need these guys in major championships. We can't go, you know, Brooks is only in the Masters for one more year. That's crazy, right? If he he stays with Liv, which he's going to stay with Liv. Um, we need to find a way to in all things don't have to be equal, but they should be able to get some points for this action so that we see them in these events. They need like I want Brooks and DJ on the Rider Cup. Like I want to see them be able to play in in team Europe. I want Sergio there and I want Phil there as a captain. And I, I, we, I could use a little Patrick Reed. Would it make me bad? And, and they deserve just, you know, they deserve all their guys as well from Sergio Garcia to Paul Casey, to all these stewards of the the European teams and Poulter to be captain one day. Um, I think that it's bad for the sport if it's not and it's disingenuous to the golf fan to pretend like these guys get zero points while these other guys playing on a different tour are able to accumulate all of them and just pass them up uh and and then they're supposed to come together and compete for majors it just at some point very soon if it's not figured out it's going to get unfair
1: and who doesn't want to say like watch a uh, brooks rom final group i don't know (laughs) who's going to say like no i'd rather watch Rom, Hovland, not no shots to Hovland, but people would want to watch that. And I'm sure the TV ratings would have been significantly less if it wasn't Brooks and Rom, if it was Rom and Hovland, Rom and Can't Lay, or Can't Lay, But I think everyone wants to see that. And even the golf higher ups, even the PGA Tour higher ups, they want those good players playing in those big events. So I hope they find a way to do it because I have no animosity towards any live players. And we saw it was very fun this past weekend.
0: Yeah, um, let, let's talk about what you just sort of mentioned for a minute. Obviously, I think it negatively impacted Brooks. Um, having to play with Sam Bennett the one day and then having to get stuck behind mm-hmm. Cantlay. These guys waited on every shot, Matt. Every shot. Um, you and I could go to Palm Beach National tomorrow and play in a cart or walk and not wait on every shot. Um, it's It got to be insanely frustrating for them. They have to do something to curtail this. Um, I don't know if it's enforcing a clock. I don't know if it's. Speeding up, like giving them yardages when they arrive at the ball or whatever it may be. Um, but you cannot possibly get in a rhythm waiting on every single shot for 18 consecutive holes of golf. Now, this is no discredit to Rom. He handled it perfectly and better than Brooks, and he deserved to win. And I'm not making excuses for him. But the fact that either of those players had to deal with that in the final group is kind of embarrassing. And a five hour round is a twosome, and Augusta National is bad.
1: Right, and but this is nothing new with Patrick Cantlay. Uh, he's been like this for his whole career. It was a tad extreme. I'm not like a, a Cantlay defender. I'm not like a big Cantlay fan. It's just how he is. It was a big extreme. I feel like he's going to have to answer some questions, whether that's this week at RBC Heritage, whether that's in the future, about just the pace of play thing because everyone wants to see sports sped up. They put, did it to baseball. They, they're, they I guess, trying to do it to golf, but, but maybe something in the future – has to happen. They talked about Max Homa putting at the match play. It was taking mm-hmm. too long. So, I don't know. It's it's a problem that's being addressed more often now than it has been, I feel like. So, maybe something will happen with it. But I feel like there's only so much you could do because there's so many volatiles, weird situations that could happen in golf that make you have to take more time. So, But, Patrick Cantlay, you did take too long. It was a bit egregious. Yeah. It definitely took a lot out of Brooks
0: if there's a a rule that could use bifurcation or a change or an update to today's standards in the world of pro golf, it's the pace of play. Uh, It's not the ball. Uh, no. make these guys play a little bit quicker. Like you mentioned, we've seen it in every other sport. We've seen it in baseball, football made adjustments to the replay rule in order to speed and limit the, the time in between plays there. Um, I played lacrosse exclusively growing up. So when I played college lacrosse, there really? was, there was basically no shot clock, right? So what would happen is – A team would essentially get the ball if you're up two with three or four minutes left in the game. And you would work specifically on practices on just ways to hold the ball, like just run to the corner and just stall time until the end of the game. And if the other team can't get the ball, they can't score. Um, They've totally readjusted those rules, which took a long time to sort of for, for conventional people to catch on with and implemented a shot clock, which they said would be impossible, it's seamless now. It's perfect two to three years later. It increases the excitement of the game. It increases the pace of play. It makes it better for people watching it on TV. Um, I think golf could use a little bit of this as well.
1: Totally agree. Did not know you played college across also. I did too. So,
0: Oh, you did? Dude, we got. Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah,
1: we got we to gotta bring the sticks out have a little catch one time.
0: Uh, What do you think of Harbor Town? Give me your like top two most important things that you're looking for for uh, the RBC heritage.
1: Hit your irons close and don't spray it off the tee. Pretty simple.
0: Yep. Driving accuracy, increased importance here as always. Um, It's one of those tournaments where we've seen gives us a prototype player that it spits out when you look at kuchers and webs and the guys who have had some success here in the past which i think actually opens up this elevated event more than many others uh how about give me one second here let's kick it over to the betting board and discuss some guys who uh who were trying to bet this one. The board. all right Matt, here's who we got buddy Scotty Scheffler up top, plus 800. John Rahm, plus 900. Um, why am I saying plus 900? He's 9-1. to one. I hate when people do that. Cantlay, 12-1. to one. Rory's 14-1 to one now. Um, obviously, he's withdrawn, so disregard those last two uh, books that have the odds still hanging there. Uh, Morikawa, 20. Jordan Spieth, 20. Cameron Young, 22. I'm going to pause right there. Uh, if you had to pick a guy from the top of the odds board, who is it and why? Patrick Cantlay for me, um, what he has done
1: these last five weeks and even before that has been truthfully insane. Because when you think of Patrick Cantlay, you think of an elite putter and an above average ball striker. He's kind of flipped that narrative. He is became an elite, elite, elite ball striker and a losing putter. Um, we know that will switch over time, I hope, because I'm just addicted to betting on guys who can't putt. And that's Patrick Cantley for me now. So if there's one guy I can live with chasing a putter, it's probably Patrick Cantley because he single-handedly tore my heart out at Caves Valley with betting Bryson 35 to one. And he had the single-handed best putting performance ever. So yeah. it's Patrick Cantley. I'm chasing this putter. Obviously, great course history. So pretty straightforward. I'm betting the ball striking from Patrick Cantley.
0: Yeah, I don't mind it. You know, I I it was painful to watch him play. But if look, if there's If there's one guy who gives zero shits about what the media are going to give him this week in terms of everybody piling on him on social media, it's probably Patrick. Uh, He's equipped to handle it well. Obviously, the the loss in a playoff here last year to Jordan Spieth has a third-place finish in 2019 as well. Um, The Irons have been fantastic. He's the best guy off the tee over the last 36 rounds besides Scotty Scheffler. Uh, everything is going correctly for him for me I think the odds are just a little bit too short uh, I don't love this spot for rom I don't think it's a good course fit for him I'm not here to ready to go and try to double up and, and bet him back to back and Scotty's a no go for me either so I think this entire range I'm okay with passing up I still believe like speeds is close like I had oh yeah he oh he is before Riv, I was like, Spieth is going to get a win from now until the Masters. Like, I can see it coming. He didn't do that, but he came close a lot, man. Um, and he's looked great. He's mentioned the only thing I don't like is him talking about how much golf he's played. Um, and he yeah. seems like he's ready for, for a little bit of a breather, which I'm okay passing on. Cam Young, I, I can't do it. Um, I was sweating the Brooks bet with Luke all week last week. Uh, We were texting probably every two minutes throughout the week. He loves Cam Young this week, single bullet week for him. He said, I can't, I can't do it. He's one of those guys that are still, has he positioned himself to stay at this number? Because we, I believe we said this last year when he was around like 30 to ones. And then I got to the open championship and he had a couple of bad weeks and he was up to 125 to one. I think we're going to see that run, maybe not to that magnitude, but it will happen again with Cameron Young. We're quick to bump him up and down the odds board, and I feel like he's just as likely to win at a big number as he is at 22 to 1, so I can't take him at what is basically the lowest number of his career in an extremely strong field to win at a golf course that I don't think um, rewards his biggest asset either. So I'm just not quite there at 22.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are taking too much out of that round one, like 64 he had last year, and then he didn't do much after that, kind of just parlayed it into a top five finish, but it was kind of slow after that, and like you said, his biggest asset is his driver, and this is a course that objectively takes it away, so he can lean into the iron game for sure, adding Paul Tessori to the bag for sure, that's going to definitely boost his odds to win, but... I don't want to chase that 20 to one on cam young, not, not even chase it. Cause he hasn't won yet. I don't want to I'll I'll, I can live. If I lose to a 20 to one cam young is what I'm saying.
0: Yep. Yep. I can lose if it happens and I'm not there at this number. Um, Vic's 22 to one. He's playing great. Xander 26 to one. Justin Thomas has gotten to this point where he's 28 to one at the heritage, which is kind of mind boggling. Sung J 28, Finau 29 Fitz at 30 Homa at 31. I'm going to pause right here in sort of this, the the second tier of the odds board. Um, any interest or thoughts on these players?
1: It's just the, the JT thing is hilarious and people are going to keep betting it. And I'm not hating you for anyone for betting JT. He's a all world player, but it's just like, you got to bet JT when he's 30 to one, like, do you? He's 30 to one for a reason. He's playing horrific golf and mm-hmm. like best game is not there his iron game is not there this is a course where he definitely should contend at, and no one would be surprised if he does contend that but get, he's 30 to 1 for a reason and I don't want to play a guy who's not playing good golf
0: yeah the one I guess and I don't really have any numbers to back this up so if anybody in the chat has seen anything on this uh, feel free to drop it in there but of guys who this this tournament is positioned in an interesting week, right? It's, it's right behind the biggest event of the year. It's the week after the Super Bowl. These guys put so much effort and preparation into the Masters that I don't feel like there's a strong correlation with guys who play all four days in strict contention to then show up at the Heritage fully focused, fully motivated to go out on a very different, golf course Very bermuda greens tight you the the shots that rom and brooks got away with at augusta national off the tee they cannot get away Will with here no Will chance um so the, it's just a totally different examination of a player um on the week after the biggest event of the year. That's my one thing, like my caveat where maybe Justin Thomas finds something. I had Spieth here last year um, coming off a very similar scenario, um, an extremely disappointing miscut at the masters where expectations were high and a letdown to end his Friday round that crushed him. He showed up here and was able to win. So, I wouldn't be surprised with a bounce back, Matt. Um, I ended up, so I bet Matt Fitzpatrick at 30 to one. The reason being is I have this narrative in my head that I want guys who I feel like want to be here. And without the obligation of an elevated field would still show up to this event. Who are those guys? I think Fitzpatrick is number one on the list. He's never, he's never missed this event. Um, in his career thus far. He's had middling performances, but has mentioned multiple times about how it's one of his favorite stops. Um, Third best ball striking in the field at the masters last week, plus 9.24 ball striking. That's what this place rewards. Um, It was his best ball striking week since the U S open where he won. He lost four strokes around the green last week. That's very atypical of Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, He's only lost strokes in the short game area in six of his last twenty-one starts, so I'm confident that he confident that he can get that rectified. The ball striking was great, um, despite a, a like I mentioned a horrible, bad super chalk miss cut last year. Um, he still managed to gain strokes tee to green in five straight appearances here. Like I mentioned, he's gone every year. He would be here this year if it wasn't an elevated event. He's thirty to one. I took it, but. I worry I'm just going to miss on Homa here, man, because I did the top 25 rankings and he's still the number five guy on my list and Fitzpatrick's like 19 and I'm quick to jump at Fitz and maybe I'm just ignoring someone who I think is the top five player in the world at a 30 to one number that we don't often get anymore on max. Any thoughts, any advice there yeah. for your boy? Well, I like Homa
1: too, and he's been kind of struggling off the tee. But like we said, you can get away. You don't need to be a lead off the tee here. There's going to be a lot of layups, going to be a lot of club down spots, kind of hit hit it to the spot. So he's not going to be needing to be ripping driver on every hole, and clearly he's struggling. So he's he's great in these uh, iron ranges, these gap ranges that you're going to have to hit out of these weeks. And we know how hot he can get. And like you said, he could definitely still be a top five player in this field. He probably is. He's got some of the most wins out of besides Scotty Rom this year. So Max Homa at that good at that 31. I didn't even realize he was at that number, to be honest. Like, yeah, you might have to make me take a deeper look at him because just off the top of my head, he's struggling with the driver and you don't really need that here. So I think that could be a good look.
0: I have room for one more to add. It's between him and a guy in this next range. So Shane Lowry is now 33 to one um, down sub 30 in some books. It looks like FanDuel has him sub 30. He opened up at 40s. Everyone hit it. I missed it. I'm not I'm not quite there anyways, but definitely not going to chase the 33. Um, then you have an interesting pack here. Burns 40. Tommy Kim at 45. Tyrell Hatton 45. Kucher 50. Henley Fifty off a great week out of nowhere at the Masters. Um, what about these guys for you? Anything in there? Yeah,
1: um, those are. You mentioned Tom Kim before we came off came on the air. Uh, this is pretty much a Tom Kim golf course. Uh, driving accuracy, hit your iron, middle irons and wedges close for a bunch of putts. Uh, yeah, and Sam Burns Colonial, similar style golf course. I don't yeah. hate it at all. So yeah, I would probably go with those two guys.
0: Kind of reminds me of Valspar, too, in a way, which which I kind of like yes, for Sam yes. Burns. Um, and, and he just wins, man. We're talking outright betting. Like, I don't care if you miss cuts. Um, I, I love the fact that Sam Burns has, like, five wins in the last three years. So he piles them up. Um, but I have two here. So my last ad right now is between Homa and Burns. Um, check back at the card. Obviously Wednesday, I post everything on Twitter at tour picks for free. If you're checking out the show, make sure to check that out as well. But here's my two guys, uh, Tom, Kim, Tyrell Hatton. Here's my cases, Kim, I need to hear Sneaky, top 16 in the first time around as a debutant at Augusta national was, was very impressed. That's his best finish since the American express. Best week with his irons in all of 2023 last week. Uh, I think it's a great course setup for his skill set. It's going to reward his accuracy off the tee, which he is one of the top four most accurate players in terms of driving off the tee. Um, of course, he got his first PGA Tour victory also in North Carolina at Sedgefield, which also rewards a very similar skill set. You can liken these two courses. I don't think it's implausible to connect those two dots there. Um, The Masters, here's the other thing. I think the Masters was helpful for Tom Kim in a way to sort of reset the hard drive. Like hard reset, hold the power button for like five seconds on Tom Kim. We need a factory reset here. And I think that he needed it. I think what happened to start this year is expectations got ridiculously high. Sponsors were calling from everywhere known to man to try to sign this guy. And he started potentially believing in the hype that he is like a top eight player in the world. We did our season long fantasy draft. He was a rumored first round pick. Um, Everyone loved Tom Kim. Then some middling finishes. That's when frustration can tend to build when you feel like you're working hard, but not meeting your own expectations as a player. I think what the masters did for him is reset him to a zero baseline expect. You don't, your first time at the master's, you aren't expecting to do anything. You're enjoying the experience. You got to play a practice round with Tiger Woods and Rory McElroy and Scotty Scheffler and Bernard Longer and learn as much as you possibly can. And it freed him up, I think, mentally to then go have his best finish of the year, which maybe reignited a little bit of that confidence, re-engineered a little bit of that self-belief and that he thrived on best putting performance of his career in North Carolina, uh, less than a year ago. I'm okay with, with Tom Kim here. Um, and Tyrell Hatton's the other one, another guy that just likes this place like Mets Fitzpatrick. Um, I have no problem believing in the fact that I think he would have showed up to this course, whether or not it was an elevated event or not. Um, T3, T39, T26, the last three years, nearly won this thing in 2020. Uh, he's gained 18 strokes on the field over the last three years at this very event. Um, hasn't lost strokes ball striking in his last 12 career worldwide starts. Um, three of those seven, he's plus eight and a half strokes gain ball striking. He's absolutely flushing it off the middle of the face right now. He's accurate off the tee. Three bad putting weeks in a row, I think, can kind of reset here this week, coming back to a familiar place with smaller greens that I believe are more in his wheelhouse versus match play in Valero and Masters. I think this is more of a comfort zone for him. Um, he's actually has averaged over two strokes game putting in his career here at Harbor Town, So a good opportunity for him to bounce back there. Both those guys, I know I'm going long with both those guys at 45 to one, I really feel like are great bets.
1: Yeah, I I didn't even think about Hatton before you uh, brought him up, but I definitely like your case for him there. I'd probably lean Tom Kim if I had to pick one of them uh, for sure.
0: All right, let's see who else we got moving just down a little bit from there. Um, Connor 66, Ricky 66, Fleetwood 66, uh, Justin Rose at 70 to 1. Obviously, Will Zalatoris is withdrawn if you're watching this on YouTube. Sahith off a great week at 70 to 1. JT Poston 80, Siwoo 80, Kirk Bradley. Those two guys are 90 to 1. Those are the guys under 100 to 1 this week for the RBC Heritage. Uh, Like any long shots, dude?
1: Yeah, so what's a golf course that forces you to, I guess, lay up, hit spots off the tee, very small greens, and roll a bunch of putts? Pebble Beach. Who just won at Pebble Beach? Justin Rose. Yep. I think that's a very valid comparison and a very similar style golf course. And what does Justin Rose do best? Hit his middle irons well and roll putts. So I think he's a decent look at 70-1, to 1, a good play in DraftKings. And if you, if you have some room for a long shot, I don't mind Justin Rose. And th- same thing with Tom Hoagie, elite middle iron player pebble beach winner 101 I would not have picked him to be 101 in this field I thought he'd be a little bit lower I think it's a good play both of those
0: yeah man I don't even mind Chris Kirk too much you know Crazy he sort K. of makes his home in the Seattle area another guy who's got a win on a short golf course yeah. this year another guy who's got a short win on a short golf course this year is Siwoo Kim who won the Sony who plays Pete Dye courses great who's played here great before uh, has Siwoo won the heritage no, he's won the Wyndham. I the mean, Wyndham. not the okay. Wyndham. The, yeah, the Wyndham. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, but, yeah, you've got some winners here. Poston won the John Deere at a short golf yeah. course uh, You know, this past year. The Gala's waiting to break through. I don't have any of them. I have a couple up here at 100 to 1 plus. Um, is there any guys you have interest in, in in sort of super bomb range? I like that. I like we said about Chris Kirk, I got to be the probably the only one that you've ever had on
1: that has like a, a literal Chris Kirk pro- Chris Kirk poster in their house. Like you are no one else has that. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, but down there um, Woodland's hitting the ball so well. He's literally like a top five ball striker on tour the last five weeks, but he just cannot make enough enough putts. I don't know. I don't think you should. I got Gary. You got Gary. All right. So me on Gary.
0: I just like, look, when Gary gets himself in a little groove, he can kind of keep it rolling for a little bit. Uh, He's like Brooks light. Um, it's funny that they were both kind of tied up into the same controversy, but he strikes the hell out of the ball from T to green. Uh, I'm cool kind of hopping on the train early here for Gary at 125 to one. You know what? I'll be honest, dude. I'm looking at PGA championship futures. The only one in triple digits so if I'm looking to find Cam Young or Brooks Kepka, and what I'm looking for when I'm trying to find when I'm finding these numbers for those of you guys. Is I'm looking for a guy with like elite spike potential that I think can win a major championship. I think Gary Woodland can and has, and I've hit him at 80 to 1 before to win a major. Um, Two, they got to be like big boy athlete strong because the way that the Masters and the PGA and the US Open set up, um, it rewards athletes, it rewards strength, it rewards power. Um, He's got that as well gain ball striking in six out of his last seven events, including plus seven and a half uh, at Augusta National. I'm good with sort of the old narrative of Gary Woodland, which is unusual because he was he's one of the longest on tour when he goes at it full. Um, He was maybe the longest college player maybe ever during his time. But he's got this old narrative that kind of rings true where take Gary on shorter courses, right? What what did Um, I just say is the course comp? Pebble Beach, where did Gary Woodland win? Pebble Beach, he's also won at Valspar, which is a short course. He's got second place finishes at Honda, the CIMB, Barracuda, Mayakoba, Sony, the American Express. Like These are all short courses. Let's roll out, Gary.
1: We are we we are gonna look crazy when we're just touting up Gary. He's just <laughs> plus three through four on Thursday. But no, I, I the stats do line up. The course comps do line up. I don't hate it. And 120 to one, whatever that number is, I think you can make worse bets than that for sure.
0: Look, I'm not we're not gonna look too crazy for Gary, but I'm still crazy for Denny. Um yeah, I'm taking one twenty five to course. one here. This is a Denny course. It's his course i think any course can kind of be his spot now like any course, at any course like the dude showed up at riv in southern hills and brookline and like he's just he's really good man and he's in the best spot he's ever been in and he still has an, an asset in putting that can get him out of bad rounds and can accelerate really good ones And I'm crazy for still believing in this guy. If I hit 125 to one, I may like get me back to even on him. Um, But I'm going to hop in this week. You know, I'm not I'd rather take him here at 125 to one than at the Mexico Open or something at like 30 to one. I I just I, I feel like when it all comes together for him. Um, he's just going to be draining putts and eagles, and and we're all good to go. So uh, I'm taking Denny. I'm not going to miss it here. Yeah, you want Denny when
1: he's like talked about the least, and he gets touted up when he's in those Bermuda fields and he's in the top 10 of the favorites, and then he just – he'll backdoor top five. Then he does his best work when he's just under the radar, even at courses that don't 110% make sense for him. But this course does set up decently for him. Pebble Beach comp, he was in the mix. I think he finished fourth there or something like that. I, I think we're just going to drill that that narrative and you kind of selling me on some more guys.
0: Let's go, dude. Uh, awesome to have you on the show, man. We got to hang out more. We're going to get another scramble around in, hopefully later this week. Uh, tell everyone where they can sort of follow you, obviously, at Matt underscore Gannon on Twitter. But uh, where can they find some more of your content this week for the RBC?
1: Yeah, definitely. My Twitter right there in the corner. Follow that. Follow at Jersey Betting for all of my picks, and then just you'll see a bunch of stuff with other companies, SGPN blogs, it's every sport. I'll, I'll I'll do it. Hit me up with any questions, and you can hit me up uh, whenever. Twitter.
0: Love it, dude! Thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll talk soon. For sure. Thanks for having me. See you, buddy. All right. Uh, Great to have Matt on Uh, happy to have made a new friend in the space and uh, appreciate him for jumping on the show as I do sort of all of our guests. Okay. Um, Thanks for hanging with me. I want to do a little bit of a final thoughts segment here before we wrap up this week. Holy hell guys. What an amazing week it was for Phil Mickelson. Um, Let's talk about it. Listen, I have no corporate ties that are going to keep me from talking about what an amazing performance this was. Um, The guy is going to be 54 years old in like a month. Um, He's put together now the two single greatest performances by someone on the other side of 50 that we have ever seen from the PGA Championship to what he just did, finishing in second place at the Masters. Um, It was indeed the best Masters we've ever seen for anyone. His age, low round of the day, Can we just, guys, can we forgive Phil for a second here Um, and just appreciate him for being one of the greatest ever? Um, Let's talk about his career first. A three-time Haskins Award winner at Arizona State um, shares the record for the most individual NCAA championships ever with three. Three in four years won the individual natty. Um, Maybe... The most under talked about accomplishment ever from a guy is Phil won a PGA Tour event while still at Arizona State as an amateur playing college golf. He won like uh, the Tucson Open, an actual PGA Tour event. I don't care what the name of it was, who was in the field. Um, An amateur won a PGA Tour event. And guess what? It was Phil. He's won 45 times um, in one of the toughest golf eras that has ever existed. Three Haskins Awards, three national championships, three green jackets. One of the most charismatic and relatable athletes in any sport ever. Phil had a way to appeal to young and dads, and he made you feel like you could hang out with him and have a beer and share a lot in common while still being one of the greatest athletes in the sport ever. While disproportionately by his own actions and comments, um, this man ended up walking off the 18th green yesterday at Augusta national as a 53 year old shell of himself uh, shooting 65. And seven under par on his way to second place, and we can't get an interview? Uh, that's sad to me. Um, this is mostly, like I mentioned, his own doing, but big money corporate golf media has, I think, scared this man away from a microphone to the point where he'd rather say nothing and disappear, and that's sad. Um, can we all just like take a step back and admit for a second that Some of what he was saying, a lot of the main premise of what he's saying, he was right. Um, I'm not about minimizing uh, human rights violations by any means, um, but about shifting the money and the power in the sport of golf back to players. That's where he was right. He lost every sponsor that he had on his clothing that he's ever had in his life when he said this quote. To a media member, it got published in the Washington, It got published everywhere, right? Um, the Saudis are scary motherfuckers to get involved with. We know they killed Khashoggi, who was the Washington Post reporter, of course, uh, and have a horrible record on human rights. They execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all this, why would I even consider it? Because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. Said some horrible things there um, that he shouldn't have gone on the record with. But the end of it, reshape how the PGA Tour operates. Um, This is not a fall on the sword take either. He got crushed for this. I know, you know, he knows about the mistakes that he's made Uh, But they're not unforgivable mistakes. Uh, High paid and highly respected throughout our lives, uh, athletes have have made mistakes, Um, big ones. And I feel like they're eventually met with grace. And that's where I'm at right now with Phil. I'm not, um, like I mentioned, giving opinions based on losing or gaining or appeasing a sponsor. This is what I feel like. And do I wish the money didn't come where it comes from? Of course I do. Uh, but the reality is, guys, there is so much outlandish wealth in that region of the world that we're going to start seeing remnants of their currency in more and more elements of your everyday lives. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is now gone. I think they like bought a Premier League team. They just bought the WWE and maybe the UFC. Um, the dollars can be connected more and more from that region to the commercial products that you use every single day um, gas, oil, energy, technology, it's everywhere. Now, their current live golf product is inferior. their players are not. And I want to be extremely clear because I know I'm going to get comments ridiculing this. Um, I do not support discrimination or terrorism to any degree. Um, This is not about that. I understand the association and the connection can be bridged there, but I'm willing to move on from the fact that these players chose to accept generational wealth and money from a regime that doesn't stand for what we stand for. Um, They took the money it is what it is, right? It can't be undone. And with the exception of maybe one or two guys, I don't think any of them would choose to do so if it were possible. But let's like rally behind this guy. Let's rally for golf. Let's rally for sport. As someone who spent like the formative years of my life heavily invested in Northeast Ohio and Cleveland sports, diehard fan. Um, the 2016, geez, I almost got the year wrong, uh, Cavaliers, Championship Um, down three to one one to one of the greatest teams ever Um, to win that championship for me as a fan of sport was an emotional experience that I can't really put words into Um, that doesn't happen without Kyrie Irving and Kyrie Irving was the most important person in that finals. And he's an absolute scumbag. Um, I have so much respect for my wife and my kids and the promise and commitment that marriage is Um, that what tiger woods did kind of makes my screen skin, skin crawl like i i hate that um, but i cried when tiger won the 2019 masters i just had this like great sunday easter with my family and i don't mean to get religious but it's another reminder in going to mass that so many moments Uh, in your life, in our lives can be great if we chose to be less resentful, less vengeful and more forgiving and willing to accept people for their mistakes. And I think we, as fans, can draw something uplifting from their chances at redemption. That's what sport's all about. I'm done with the grudge. I'm done trying to judge these guys. I'm here to accept things the way they are and appreciate that we just saw a 53-year-old all-time great of the game finish second at the Masters in one of the most remarkable performances that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, he is absolutely whittled down, both physically and mentally, to the point that he can't even speak at the champions dinner um the last two to three years just look at the guy have taken an absolute aggressive toll on him and to persevere through that to get some level of redemption and finish second place in the greatest examination of the sport that we have today in the super bowl of the game was special and I appreciate it. I think we should forgive Phil. I think it's time to accept him back into our arms as one of the greatest that's ever played. Um, That was awesome for me to see. Thank you for joining me. I hope that you all can sort of treat life and treat old experiences that you have with friends that maybe you have failed to forgive to some degree um, get over that, right? Do not hold a grudge against anyone. It's doing you no good. I hope you all have a great week. Go crush it at the RBC heritage. Let's nab another winner card out Wednesday at tour picks on Twitter, follow like sub retweet the show. Do me a huge favor. If you are here, subscribe to the YouTube channel. I, I need to get that up. I trust and rely on you to get that up. Thank you, Dan, for sending me the hats. Um, I, you are the man as well. All of you guys who check out the show, I have a great appreciation for. Hope you have a great week. I had a great Masters. Uh, talk to you soon. Peace.